You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 180, Three Secrets to Helping Your Kids Behave Well. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. In her home in Austin, Texas, today's guest, Ralphie Jacobs, has a big wooden sign that hangs in the kitchen for all to see. The sign says, when you focus on the good, the good gets better. This motto is at the heart of the way that Ralphie tries to parent her four daughters, as well as at the heart of the work that she does to teach hundreds of thousands of parents around the world about positive parenting, about looking for the good in their kids so that the good can get better. Ralphie is the founder of Simply On Purpose, which started as an Instagram account that grew and grew and grew as parents all over the world were touched by the positive discipline and connection methods that Ralphie was teaching. From there, Ralphie began teaching sold-out workshops around the country about positive parenting, and then she created an audio course for families who couldn't travel to one of her workshops or who wanted to dive in deeper. Ralphie has been on 3 and 30 twice before, and I invited her to come back for a special episode this week, which is the week of Mother's Day in the United States, because I wanted to get the word out that her audio courses are on sale this week only for parents who are ready to invest in creating a more positive home environment for their children. You're going to get a taste of the principles taught in Ralphie's course today, and if you decide it's something that you'd like to learn more about, I truly can't recommend her audio courses highly enough. Ralphie's emphasis on looking for the good is also so incredibly aligned with the journal that I created for mothers, which is called Flex of Gold. In this journal, you write down one golden moment that you experience with your kids each day, and a mom of two in Indiana said it best when she explained, quote, when I started using the Flex of Gold journal, there were days when I felt like I had to really sit and think about something, anything that might have happened that was good that day. However, as I continued journaling, it not only became easier to think of the golden moments at the end of the day, it became easier to notice them while they were happening in the moment. Flex of gold has changed everything for me, end quote. Wow, I love that testimonial. And it's so true. As Ralphie says, when you look for the good, the good gets better. And I love that this journal takes that concept and turns it into an actionable daily practice that can easily be built into your habits. It takes less than two minutes, and it can completely change your mindset about motherhood. To find out more about this journal, you can go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold. And from now until Mother's Day, you can use the code 3in30 for 10% off. I also want to remind you about this month's podcast sponsor, Jane.com, an online boutique marketplace with over 400 new deals every day on beautiful clothing, home decor, and more for the whole family. It brings together the best of big brands and small family-run shops to give customers a wide variety of offerings at amazing prices. I was so excited to hear from a mom in the 3 and 30 community named Lizzie, who has sold her handmade products via Jane for several years and has had a great experience. Jane.com is a great way for small shops like hers to get the word out about their products to a bigger audience. Lizzie told me that Jane has a selective application process for their sellers to ensure that everything that is showcased on their site is good quality and on trend. She was also thrilled to get some mentoring and training from them on how to price her products, grow her reach, and make more money for her family. 
It makes me super happy to think that by shopping at Jane.com, I'm supporting small businesses, possibly even 3 and 30 listeners. And speaking of, if you are a listener who has experience with selling products through Jane, I would love to hear from you about your experience. It's always important to me that I have a personal connection with the brands who sponsor the show. To get started shopping with Jane.com, you can check out the page of deals that I chose just for our community at Jane.com slash 3 and 30. That's Jane.com slash 3 and 30. And now onto the show. Here's three secrets to helping your kids behave well with Ralphie Jacobs. Enjoy. Ralphie, we are thrilled to have you back on 3 and 30. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rachel, for having me back on again. It's our pleasure. We're just so excited to hear your wisdom again about positive parenting. And before we started, I wanted to ask you to kind of set things up. I feel like there's an analogy that you're well known for about parenting and weeds and flowers. Could you just start off by explaining to us that analogy? Oh, I'm so happy you asked me about watering the flowers because it's my favorite analogy to share with people. So if you can just in your mind's eye, imagine a beautiful field full of flowers. They can be your favorite flowers, whatever you love, poppies or roses, daisies, anything that's vibrant and beautiful and colorful. And what parents will do is they'll look through this field of flowers and they'll find one weed. And they'll ignore the flowers and they'll go up to the weed with a watering can and water the weed. And what I want parents to learn how to do is to walk up to a field of weeds, noxious weeds, thorn-covered weeds, and go past all of them and desperately search for a flower and find one flower and water the flower and nurture the flower. And we'll talk in a minute about why the research behind that is so good and so strong about how essential it is to pay attention to the flowers and water them and ignore the weeds. Hmm. It's just a wonderful way to be a parent. It's such a fulfilling and joyful way to parent. Yeah. And it's so powerful. That analogy is so powerful because it's ridiculous to think that you would ignore all the beautiful flowers in the field and focus on the one weed and be like, well, we got to get rid of that weed. We got to dig it up, you know, and ignore all these beautiful flowers. And then as you're going to teach us, not only are we trying to get rid of that one weed, but actually we're watering it by giving it that much attention and Mm -hmm. growing that weed by giving it that much attention. And obviously the metaphor here is with our children, we ignore all of the amazing, beautiful talents, gifts, strengths that they're bringing into our lives. And we're like, but they do this one thing and we got to take care of it. And we focus on that instead of focusing on all the positive. Yes. And I love also what you said there about there are sometimes in our motherhood, especially like there might be certain personalities of kids or certain phases that they're in where there actually are a lot of weeds at that time. But it's important to still focus on watering the flowers and not the weeds within our children, looking for the good so that the good can get better. Yes. Oh, you're so good, Rachel. Exactly. I love that that's like the central tenet of your work. But sometimes it's hard to know how, how do we do that? How do we water the flowers instead of the weeds? How do we look for the good in our kids? And so that's what our three takeaways are going to be today. And why don't you just start us with your first takeaway? Yeah, my first takeaway is positive reinforcement. 
And that's just the biggest idea that I have to give you today. And it will shape the other two. So we're going to start there. I want to read you a quote that I share in all of my workshops because I love it so much. It's from the International Encyclopedia of Education. And it says that research has shown that the most effective way to reduce problem behavior in children is to strengthen desirable behavior through positive reinforcement rather than trying to weaken undesirable behavior through negative processes. So basically what that saying is, is that the best way to decrease the annoying and troublesome things that our children do, those misbehaviors in our home, is to build on their strengths Hmm. and to lift them up and to give positive reinforcement. That's the best way to get rid of things rather than to try and weaken it through punishment, through punitive, coercive means. The best way is to look for what's good. And if we look for what's good, it's scientifically proven that the junk just disappears. How do we get our children to learn to love, to behave well? And by the way, that's like the goal of any parent, right? The goal is for them to intrinsically be motivated to do what's right and to make good decisions. So how do we get there? We create positive association with good behavior. Mm -hmm. We say, thank you for waiting. That's being patient. You're so fun to be around. Look at all the good that you're doing. Look at how well you're taking care of your toys. We've created a positive feeling with a positive behavior. And that's really how parents build skills. We can change our home environment just by what we pay attention to and by what we say. And that just goes back to that analogy of watering the flowers and not the weeds. We want to, even within a field full of weeds, be able to find one flower and just nurture it. Because if we do that, we'll create more and more flowers. And that's just that power of positive reinforcement. Yeah. One thing that I love about your work is that you have sort of given me permission as a mom to reward my kids. Because I feel like in a lot of parenting philosophies, you'll hear them say, don't reward them because then they won't be intrinsically motivated. And I love the example that you just gave of it wasn't a reward like a physical thing. You were just giving them a compliment and that was the reinforcement. But you've also said it's okay to do some physical rewards or have them working for something that they really want because it will build in this reinforcement that will strengthen their behavior. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, you can find a study that proves pretty much anything. Yeah. But the lasting studies really show that what once was extrinsic becomes intrinsic. As long as we continue to make those steps along that path, we just have to remember that children are not born with an adult brain. There's so many experiences that they've never had. They don't know why it's fun to read yet. We have to create that momentum. Mm -hmm. They don't know why it feels wonderful to have a clean room. We need to, again, go back to building that brain and creating positive association with that behavior so that they're like, ah, it feels good when I'm organized. It feels good when I go on a journey in a book because I couldn't imagine this myself, but there's things that we can do as parents to kind of set them up for success in a gentle way, kind of kickstart those feelings so that they love that good behavior. Yeah. And that's really like positive reinforcement. Sometimes people only think it is tangible rewards, like handing them a sucker or praise, but it can be so many things. It's just an umbrella term for anything that's creating a positive association with a good behavior. It could be laughing at a joke that they've said, patting them on the back while you're walking Mm. by, a wink, a hug, 
dancing with them. Everything that we do is reinforcing in some way. And we just want to make sure that we're reinforcing the good behavior that we exude in our children. Right. I mean, what you said there really resonated with me about how what's extrinsic becomes intrinsic. So for an example, I wanted, this was years ago, but I wanted my son to learn to unbuckle his car seat by himself. He was old enough, but he was lazy. He wanted me to do it. And so I just put a little sticky note on my dashboard and I said, when we get to 10, we'll stop and get ice cream or it may have been 20. I'm not sure. It was reasonable enough that he could earn it, you know, but not so easy that he got it every single time. And then when he would unbuckle it himself, I'd give him a little tally and I'd say, you're getting so close, you're doing it. And then eventually he earned the ice cream. And by that time, he built a habit. And so it's not, I mean, I think we did it a couple of times, a couple of different sticky notes, but he's 10 now. It's not like I'm still like giving, <laughs> giving him a tally every time he unbuckles himself, but we just needed something fun, something for him to look forward to, to learn that new skill. And I think we can overthink it as parents and think, oh my gosh, if I give him an ice cream treat for doing this, he's going to always demand this or that for me. When really it's like, it can just be a fun, connective thing that you're building mm-hmm. this positive reinforcement around. We're just getting it going. That's a parent's responsibility is to just get things going. And it really is so much more about our behavior and what we do and what we say that helps to turn it intrinsic. It's more of a, aren't you so proud of yourself? You've worked so hard. Look how much progress you've made. And there's a lot of great things that delayed gratification teaches children. It's that ability to delay being satisfied in the moment. Mm. there's a lot of indicators for success in the future if a child can delay gratification. Yes. And you teach throughout your work that the biggest reinforcement to any behavior is parental attention. Mm -hmm. And so if you are giving parental attention to negative behavior, you are reinforcing the negative behavior. If you give parental attention to positive, you're reinforcing the positive. And yet so often, we don't even notice our kids' good behavior or we even tiptoe by it. We don't want to mm-hmm. interrupt because we're afraid if we say anything, it'll break the spell when really we should be reinforcing that and complimenting it and giving them a pat on the back or the shoulder so that they'll keep behaving well, right? Yeah, I think that at the beginning, it feels a little unnatural when you're starting this new strategy of reinforcement. And sometimes maybe it will mess up their groove, especially if you're speaking to your child. And it's not their love language. Like, oh, it embarrasses them. It's like, oh, mom, no, leave me alone. (laughs) Don't tell me. Don't tell me you like what I'm doing. You're embarrassing me. So we can think, hmm, they don't really love that. Maybe I'll write them a note instead. Mm. But the important thing is, is that you're keeping things short and simple and consistent where you're sending this continual message. I appreciate what you're doing. I see you. I'm grateful for who you are. I love what I see over and over and over again, even if you have to go searching for it, because like the research says, it just decreases. And even it says by 80%, the negative behavior decreases if you just pay attention to what they're doing well, because a child that feels well and feels centered and feels attached and feels like they belong just behaves better. Mm. And that's true with parents, right? Like it's true with adults too. When we feel loved and wanted and needed and centered, we just are happier people. And just because children are smaller, they're not a different species from us. They're the same. (laughs) So we need to remember that they're a lot like us and that they need all that reinforcement to say, 
that they're seeing. And then we're prophesying a good future. Mm. We're helping them to escape from negative labels. We're helping them to see themselves in a new light. Yeah. We're allowing them to kind of branch out into all these other attributes and talents and possibilities in their future mm. rather than kind of pigeonholing them into one negative label. Yes, absolutely. And what is your second takeaway? Okay. So my second takeaway for Look for the Good is redirection. Now, something that's really cool about positive parenting is that it's never focused on problems. So if you come to me with a problem and you're like, Ralphie, like he's always whining or he keeps kicking my door or whatever, what I'll ask about and I'll talk about is what happens before the problem. So it's very proactive rather than reactive. It's thinking about what happened in act one. And that's where redirection comes in. It's a proactive way to parent. And I love it because it's teaching the child skills and tools that the child can use in the future rather than just stopping the behavior in the moment. That's a really natural and knee-jerk way to parent is to say, stop, knock it off, leave that alone, don't touch that, get off of that. But what works far better is redirection. Redirection is teaching the child what they can do, what they should do. So let me give you some examples. Maybe your child sees somebody at the top of the slide, so starts pushing them down. Instead of saying, don't push, right? That's a don't, that's a stop. We can say what they can do. So we can redirect that behavior. You really want to go and it's hard to wait. What can we do while we're waiting? Hmm. So we're starting them to think this through so that the next time there's somebody at the top of the slide, they'll know what they can do. What about a teenager that's back talking and just saying, you know, really eye rolly kind of snarky stuff? You don't need to say you're being a real jerk right now because, you know, a little side note, you don't need to tell your children things that they already know because they <laughs> already know those things. They already know they're being a jerk to you. They right? already know, right? Yeah, they already know they're being a jerk. And that's reinforcing, going back to watering the weeds. That's watering the weeds. What we want to do is redirect. Hmm, let's take a break. Let's calm down. Let's talk about it in 30 minutes. I'll set the timer because my emotions are getting high. Sounds like yours are too. We just need a breather. That's redirection. It's showing them what they can do. So now they have skills. They know that time works on their side and that they can take a break and a breather. And the conversation is so much more productive when they're using their thinking brain rather than just being angry. Yeah. I don't know if you would, you tell me if this would be considered part of redirection or not. But one thing that I've loved that you teach is role play. So that's a very proactive thing. You don't do it in the moment, but you teach kids what they can do. You practice, you do a role play. It's really powerful to sit down with them and give them those skills before you're in a situation where they need to use them. Is that part of redirection or not? Oh, totally. 100%. Usually I think about redirection as more in the moment, kind of moving a behavior along to where you want it to go Mm. in that moment. But This is like a long-term form of redirection Mm -hmm. because you really are teaching them what to do in a situation that they probably never have been in before, or they never had those skills and they perform poorly in reality. And we're so disappointed, but then we think back, oh, actually, we've never really taught them what they're supposed to do when they're at a concert and they, they can't talk loudly or you jump on people's backs and they need to give personal space or Look at somebody in the eye when you shake their hands, whatever it is that we hope they'll perform well when they're asked to do it, but we've never taught them how to do it. We've never rehearsed that behavior. So role play is such a cool thing because first of all, you're bonding with your child 
you're playing pretend, which they love, and you're giving them skills and it's enjoyable. So you're creating that positive association with that behavior. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a specific scenario, if you don't mind, and wondering if redirection could help with it. I feel like I have a lot of parents that ask me what to do about hitting if their child, we're talking younger children, obviously, hits another child. How would you redirect that behavior or deal with that in the moment? One of the best things to do is to go up to the child and touch them in a safe way and call them by name and say, that behavior is not okay. We can't hit. Hitting hurts. And then we can tell them what they can do instead. I can see that you really want the red truck. Let's go and find a toy that we can give to trade and see if he'll trade us instead. So that they're like, oh, okay, maybe next time if I see something that I want, I can go and try and trade. Or we can sit there and we can wait. Maybe while we're waiting, we can sing a song. What song do you want to sing? So that they know, okay, this is just a part of life that I have to navigate around. These are the social limits and I need to be patient and wait. And sometimes parents say, well, I did that and it didn't work. (laughs) Sometimes it's going to take lots and lots Mm -hmm. and lots of repetition. And that's okay. When they're a little bit older, maybe elementary school age, and they have those language skills, you can ask them, which is even more effective and efficient way to teach is to have them self-instruct. So you say, what can you do instead? Mm. And so they say, oh, I, I should wait here, or I should be kind with my hands, even though she's really bugging me right now. And then you reinforce and you say, that's correct. So we are using that redirection skill again where we're showing them what they can do and what they should do. And as they get older, they remind themselves and they teach themselves what they can and they should do. Yeah. When you have these conversations with your girls and you say, what could you do instead? Do they ever push back on? Oh, yeah. (laughs) My son will be like, I don't want to talk about it. Or he's like, I already know. I don't want to say. So what do you do then in those situations? I think the key is to just stay calm. Honestly, because your model speaks louder than any words you could ever say. If you just say, I'm glad that you know, that's so good. And I look forward to seeing that in the future. Mm. Thanks so much, son. You just pat him on the back and just kind of walk off. Sometimes our brains aren't ready to talk about it. And that's cool. What you can (laughs) do is write down, you know, on a little sticky note or wherever on your phone, just be like, hey, for a role play, next time we're together Mm. as a family, let's practice whatever situation or scenario we were having a struggle with and the right way to handle that. But yeah, staying calm is so, it's so good for them. When you're behaving at a level that's so much more sophisticated and high and good, they want to rise up to that. And so oftentimes if you stay calm and even if they're just so angry, they'll come to you and they'll even apologize and they'll do it in beautiful and natural ways. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely seen that with my kids. Mm -hmm. And then what's your third takeaway? Okay. Third takeaway for looking for the good is behavioral momentum. And I've kind of snuck this in the whole (laughs) podcast, but looking for good is all about creating more good and keeping it going. And this is just the definition of behavioral momentum. Once I learned about this almost tangible momentum in our homes, it's become a continual experiment for my husband and I to see how we can use our power to get the good going. And any parent can do this. And it really is a parenting secret. So let me give you a couple of examples of creating behavioral momentum that just happened in the last few months in my house. 
a few months ago, one of our daughters was asked to do her Saturday morning chore, which is emptying the garbages around our house. And she had been playing and really wasn't interested in helping. And we were just like, it's time to do our chores. Now the music is playing. <laughs> we need to get going. And we're like, what's your plan for when you're going to finish your tour? What's your plan for doing your garbages? And she just started escalating. And she said to my husband, I'm never helping you. <laughs> I'm never helping. So Brian went downstairs and he grabbed all of the garbage bags that she would need for this chore. And he said, I'm going to throw them all up in the air. And the one that you catch is going to be the one that you are going to put in the first garbage. So I hope it's going to be the magical one. Ready, set, go. And he just threw them up in the air and she caught it. And she got so excited about it because all of a sudden it sounds like a game. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's fun. So in less than one minute, he completely changed the momentum. We went from I'm never helping to being excited about the job all because we inserted enough fun to build that momentum. Mm. And that really is, you'll see time and time again with the secret to creating momentum is to just rely on a child's desire to have fun. Mm. Just really use that as the secret sauce of helping your child to switch over that momentum. Another example is a trip that we recently took to Costco I had one child that kept whining and complaining because there were no Costco samples. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it is a real disappointment for all of us. It really is. Just I another know. thing COVID took away from us. I know. Hello, <laughs> pandemic. How rude of you. <laughs> so she started whining and complaining and her expectations for those samples just really wasn't being met. And she started yelling, I really want a sample. And so here I'm thinking like, how can I, oh my goodness, this momentum was bad. How can I change it? How can I change it? So I'm looking in my bag, desperately searching, you know, my Mary Poppins bag, like what's in here? And I found a little tin full of Altoid mints. And so I was like, okay, huh, let's, let's be fun here. So I said, hello, I'm the lady of Costco and I have these samples I'm giving out. Would you like a mint, my dear? Where's your mother? Is your mother around here? Will she let you have a mint? Your parents here will... Well, they let you have a sample and she like got the biggest grin on her face and just thought it was so fun. And she reached inside and got her little mint and put it in her mouth and she smiled. And even to this day, she calls them her, her happy mints because they just like, I don't know, it's a placebo effect, I guess. She just thinks they make her happy. But I think what's, what's so cool about that is that it's just so easy to create more good in your home. Mm -hmm. I love to empower parents, help them feel like, you can change that momentum on a dime by being silly, by pretending and seeing that shift and getting that good going. It's a wonderful way to parent and it's, yeah. it's enjoyable to do it that way. Yeah. I think we've all had the experience where we can see the momentum is going like we're headed in a bad direction and it's just going to keep going that way if we don't intervene. Yeah. Like we have to do something to stop this momentum because that is a natural law. Objects in motion stay in motion. Yes. You have to get it to shift. I mean, with like kids fighting and it's just escalating and it's going and going and you're like, oh my word. Do you have any other stories you can think of of specific times when you've been playful to change the momentum? Oh, yeah. So one of the things that I will do is... <laughs> The funny thing about bedtime, right? Where they're like, okay, kids, it's bedtime. And they all pretend like they have no idea what you're talking about. Nobody ever wants to do it. So one of the games that I'll play to help create momentum is I'll close my eyes and I'll say, okay, 
I'm gonna imagine what color pajamas you're wearing. And oh, oh, I got it. I know what color it's gonna be, and I'm not gonna tell you it's a secret, but I really hope I get it right. I know I'm gonna win. I know I'm gonna win. So they like could kind of sneak off, like, hey, 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 I'm gonna get it this time. So they come back and they jump out in front of you and they're like, ah, you know, I got my pajamas on. And you're like, oh man, man, I picked blue and you got purple on. Ah, I lost, you won. But the truth is, is that you won and they lost because now they have their pajamas on. Yes. And you created positive momentum. It's all about using that secret of relying on their desire to have fun. They just love it. They love to have fun. Another one that I can think of is I had a daughter that was playing in a nursery full of toys. And my husband was like, honey, it's time to go. We need to go. And she's like, no, I don't want to go. And just kind of like, you know, shrugs him off. And everybody else was waiting in the car for her. And so he said, I have an idea. You get into my suit coat, get into my suit jacket and you hide in there. And then I'll pretend like I couldn't find you, you know, and then we'll go surprise mom and the girls. And so we get out there and he's like, sorry, guys, I couldn't find her. I just guess she must have walked home. And I can see that she was inside his coat. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, no, we're going to miss her so much. And then she pops out. She's like, ah, and everybody just laugh and laugh and laugh. But it's just. But Brian of, wins. But Brian wins. Yes. <laughs> You got her out of there without a big fight that then Mm -hmm. leads to the momentum for the rest of the afternoon of everybody being mad at each other. Right. How do you do this with your oldest daughter, who I know is, she's a teenager, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're big children. We think that they (laughs) they aren't children anymore, but they still are. And in fact, teens are some of the funnest kids to create momentum with. Oh, like dancing and music is kind of the secret sauce for teens. They love music so much. Anything that makes them laugh, talking and connecting with them. Connection really is the vitamin to cooperation. Like if you connect with a teenager, that creates momentum. It helps them want to do what you ask and want to be with you. And sometimes people will say, oh, but that won't work with my teen. But all of us have the same human nature. There's all behavioral sciences around us, no matter how old we are. Mm, yeah. And so it works. Works yeah. just as well. Positive parenting is the best. Well, this has been so insightful. And I love positive parenting because it feels good to me. Mm. Like when I try other methods or I try to be you know, I'm going to whip these kids into shape or whatever. It doesn't fit in my soul and in my heart. Whereas Mm -hmm. positive parenting, I like parenting this way. This parenting this way is fun for me. It's a happy way to parent. And it's also, as a side note, extremely effective and it works, which is just a bonus, you know? So I'm so grateful for your work and the work of other online educators that I have learned this from. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about your audio course that they can take advantage of right now? Yeah. So right when this airs, the audio course is going to be on sale. It's called Four Parenting Principles That Make a Difference in a Day. It's obviously, it's audio, so you can consume it anywhere, anytime. I know parents are so busy, so you can do it while you're doing the dishes or folding laundry or vacuuming or going on a run or whatever to fit it into your life, and it's yours forever, so you can listen to it over and over again. But these principles, they build upon each other so that you feel empowered to change your home long-term and completely change the environment in your home. They're foundational principles. Sometimes parents... They just want like the magic pill, you know, they just want the stop it button or they want to fix specific behaviors. 
And what the audio course does is it gets to that root cause and just changes your entire environment Hmm. so that you as a person changes and it just makes a difference in a home immeasurably. I can't um, even express to you how special the course is and how many homes it's changed. It's been an honor to be a part of it. Yeah. And I've attended your live workshop and taken your audio course and I loved both. But the one thing that I love about the audio course is that I can listen to it again. Mm-hmm. You know, your live workshop, it's like one day of super motivational and you take all the notes and you can refer back to your workbook, certainly in the future. But it's so nice to just be able to be like, I need a little refresher on that mm-hmm. whole thing. I've gotten off the rails or to be able to share it with your partner. You know, let's listen to this together and then we can become better. So that's what I love about the audio course. And obviously everybody who's listening to this podcast likes audio format. Right. Learning. So I think it could be a really good fit for a lot of families. And I just want to thank you for your work and the way that you've impacted my family as well as families all over the world. So thank you for everything that you do, Ralphie. Oh, you're so welcome. I loved that conversation with Ralphie about three secrets to helping our kids to behave well. And as a reminder of what those secrets are, here's a recap. First, use positive reinforcement to strengthen desirable behaviors. In other words, water the flowers, not the weeds. Instead of focusing your energy on trying to root out those couple of weed behaviors within your kids by punishing them or lecturing them, which ironically, as a side note, will only make those problems worse because parental attention is the biggest reinforcement of behavior, focus instead on building up the good within your child and creating positive associations within them for how fun and rewarding it is to behave well. Second, try redirection to teach children what they can do to get their needs met instead of focusing on what you don't want them to do. As you do this, you give them tools and skills for the future as well. I'll also add that redirection is especially effective if you practice a few times with role playing. And third and finally, create positive behavioral momentum within your home through playfulness and connection. I love this concept, which comes from Newton's first law of motion, Objects in motion stay in motion unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. So if we can get the positive momentum going in a positive direction with our kids, they will most likely continue going that way. And if they are building momentum going the wrong way, if they're going a negative direction, we have the power to change their direction when we interrupt their downward spiral by injecting a little bit of unexpected humor or playfulness. I loved those stories Ralphie told at the end of ways that she and her husband, Brian, do this in their home. It's so inspiring. And if you want to learn more about how to live out these principles in your home, be sure to look into Ralphie's audio course, which is $50 off this week for a Mother's Day sale at simplyonpurpose.org. Ralphie and I are rooting for you. We believe in your power as a parent to build up the positive in your homes. And we hope you have a beautiful week with your family. 